Proverbs 18.24 says, A man of many friends comes to ruin, but there is a friend who sticks closer than a brother. Do you have a good friend in your life? Do you know how to tell the difference between a good friend and even a traitor? Well, we'll learn more about that today on Walk in Truth. Welcome to Walk in Truth with Michael Lance. Walk in Truth is a ministry of Living Truth Christian Fellowship. It's our goal to build up believers and to reach out with God's truth to all people. And now, here's Pastor Michael. Jesus was trying to convey a lot of things. And in John 13, after he had washed the disciples' feet, he shared this. This is John 13, verse 21. John 13. When Jesus had said this, he became troubled in spirit and testified and said, truly, truly, I say to you that one of you will betray me. The disciples began to look at one another at a loss to know of which one he was speaking. Jesus washed the disciples' feet, including Judas. If you were washing Judas's feet, would you scrub a little hard? <laughs> Rascal. And yet Jesus did this, and, and up to the very end, it seems like he was giving Judas opportunities to come to his senses, even though we know Judas wouldn't. And Jesus started to talk about love. He told them in verse 34, a new commandment I give to you, that you love one another. How? Even as I have loved you, so you should love one another. By this, all men will know that you belong to me, that you are my disciples. We shouldn't just get along. We should love each other. If I asked you this morning, if the mark of your discipleship is love for God's people, for your brothers and sisters in Christ, if that is one of the preeminent marks that you belong to Jesus, can I just ask you, how do you think you're doing? What does it mean to love? Well, Jesus has been showing them for three, three and a half years what it means to love. And it means to be patient. And it means to reach out to those who maybe nobody else is willing to reach out to. And it means to start, stop arguing about which one of you is going to be the greatest because it's about God being the greatest. You know, the church would go so much farther, and I'm talking about the church all around the world, if we would just do this one thing. If we would just love well, the rest would take care of itself. But often we're worried about putting ourselves forward and, you know, what our position is going to be and how people are going to think of us. And look, the disciples did the very thing and they had spent all this time with Jesus. He said, look, I want you to love each other. Don't just get along. In the Philippian church, we aired uh, Philippians 4 on the radio this morning on KKLA. And there were two women in the church in Philippi. You... Euodia and Suntuke, and Paul said, I want them to live in harmony in the Lord. You know, tonight, when we look at the subject of Wicca and witchcraft, we're going to find out that a lot of people go to other religions out the back door of the church. Do you know the biggest feeder of the cults and the occult is the Christian church? 
Now, it's not always because we're failing, but a lot of the people who end up in cults and the occult have had a bad experience in the church. And usually it's about the church being hyper-legalistic, telling people you're going to hell for this, you're going to hell for that. Some of our well-meaning brethren who don't understand grace, they don't understand the gospel. A lot of people leave the church with a bad taste in their mouth. And they don't go and become atheists, folks. They go to other religions. They go to the cults and the occult. And they leave the back door of many churches. And Jesus is going to have that happen to him with Judas, (laughs) But Judas was never, obviously, a true convert. He was a devil from the beginning. But he was with Jesus all that time. He heard the same sermons, saw the same miracles, and yet he was never converted. And I'll say this, as I was listening to this testimony from this woman, she said, you know, she questions her conversion. She says, I was in the church, but I'm not sure I knew Jesus. Going to church was just something we did on Sundays. And that can become a cultural danger for the United States. We go to church on Sundays, but are we the church? (laughs) It's not about going to church, it's about being the church. And so if you flip over to John 15, as Jesus is talking to them about heaven, and one of the things that was on his heart was friendship and love. John 15, 12, he says, this is my commandment, John 15, 12. It's not a suggestion, by the way. It's a commandment that you love one another just as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, John 15, 13, that one lay down his life for who? For his friends. You are my friends if you do what I command you. No longer do I call you slaves or servants for the slave does not know what his master is doing, but I've called you friends for all things that I've heard from my father. I've made known to you. I haven't held back one thing. I call you friend. Now, Jesus is God in human flesh, second person of the Holy Trinity, and he looked at his apostles and he said to them, You are the ones who have stood by me in my trials. But that night, they would all flee. Peter would deny that he even knew the Lord three times, right? He says, you are my friends. We have a great friend in our God. Do you know that when we come to the throne of grace, we're coming to not only our king, but our friend. We're going to dig that out a little bit as we move over to 2 Samuel, a true friend and a traitor. As David was dealing with the trial of his life, his son was trying to usurp the throne. One of his trusted counselors named Ahithophel would become a traitor in David's life. And this would picture what would happen in Judas. And we'll, we'll take a look at that together. A true friend and a traitor. We're going to pick up the text in 2 Samuel 16, 15. Just a little backdrop. The word then opens verse 15. Here's a quick recap. David was in the trial of his life. Absalom had stolen the hearts of the people and now wanted to steal the throne. He was on the way to the city of Jerusalem with major reinforcements. 
David had quickly gathered up his loved ones and those who were loyal to him, and he left the city. He went out of the city, crossed the Kidron Valley, and as I mentioned, he was going into the area of the Garden of Gethsemane, going into the Mount of Olives. And so Absalom had Ahithophel with him. As David went out of the city, he had heard this news. Ahithophel has joined the rebellion. Imagine your most trusted counselor turning their back on you. Imagine someone that you had gone to for advice on multiple occasions and trusted this person, and now they have turned their back on you. David heard that along the way, and then Shammai came out of the woodwork in one of the hills. He, he was there, and he began to curse David and throw stones at David. And do you remember? He was yelling, murderer, murderer. And some of the uh, soldiers who were with David said, let's just end this. Let's shut this guy up right now. And David said, no, leave him alone. Maybe the Lord has told him to say this. And so he was screaming at David, and people were weeping, and it was heavy, very heavy. Absalom and all the people, verse 15, the men of Israel, entered Jerusalem, the city of God, the city of David. And here's the hurtful truth. Ahithophel was with Absalom. One of David's best friends, most trusted advisors, had joined the coup. Hard to take. And you can see the parallel between what Jesus was going through and what David was going through a thousand years earlier. In these, in these times, many psalms were penned. One of them is Psalm 61. Let me just read it for you. This is verses one through four. David says, hear my cry, O God. Give heed to my prayer. From the end of the earth I call to thee. When my heart is faint, lead me to the rock that is higher than I. For thou hast been a refuge for me, a tower of strength against the enemy. Let me dwell in thy tent forever. Let me take refuge in the shelter of thy wings. Selah, that means pause, meditate, think about it. It's interesting that for David, the one that was disciplining him, which was God, and he knew it, was also the one who had become his refuge. Now, I don't understand all the angles of every trial that we go through. And sometimes we may think that we're in a trial because God's disciplining us. And not every trial is God's discipline. Some trials just happen and God still exploits them for his good purposes. But David knew that this trial was from the hand of God and he still ran to God in the trial to be his best friend. You see... When we are in a trial, we can run to God or run from God. It's hard to run into the arms of the one who's given you a spanking. <laughs> Amen? How many of you have read parenting books over the years? And uh, you, know, you know you have to hold that firm line of discipline and you have to follow through. If you say you're going to discipline your child, you have to follow through. But then after you discipline them, you're supposed to hug them and explain to them why. It can be a very tender thing. One of my children, who will go unnamed for political purposes, <laughs> was a bit of a rebel. Strong-willed. How many of you have some strong-willed children. He was, you open the book, and there was his picture. Bing! Strong-willed. So I had read a book on we're having issues with bedtime. So I thought we had an understanding. And I was trying to apply some of these principles, and I said to this young man, now, you need to stay in your bed. If you get out of your bed, daddy gonna spank you. And I showed him. 
Thanks for listening to Walk in Truth. This is Pastor Michael Lance. I'm the senior pastor of Living Truth Christian Fellowship in the city of Corona. Hey, I want to tell you something that's exciting happening here at the church. We have a college that we've started. We offer a two-year diploma in Christian apologetics and theology. We have two exciting classes coming up with great instructors. It's Hidden Riches of Church History from the Resurrection to the Reformation. And we have a class on Christian philosophy. How do we know what truth is? We're going to look at epistemology and some other subjects like that. Are you a working adult? Have you just graduated from high school and looking to go deeper in your faith? The tuition is very low and the instruction is excellent. And the classes start in July. Are you interested? Do you want to go deeper in your faith? Do you want to be more equipped to give answers for the hope that you have in the public square? Well, check it out today. It's thetruthacademy.com, thetruthacademy.com. Sign up today, find out all the information, and get equipped. God bless you. One of my children, who will go unnamed for political purposes, (laughs) was a bit of a rebel. Strong-willed. How many of you have some strong-willed children? He was, you opened the book, and there was his picture. Bing! Strong-willed. So I had read a book on we're having issues with bedtime. So I thought we had an understanding. And I was trying to apply some of these principles, and I said to this young man, now, you need to stay in your bed. If you get out of your bed, daddy gonna spank you. And I showed him. Okay. Big eyes. Thought we had an understanding. So I turned the lights off, we prayed. I began to walk down the hallway, and to my surprise, There he was. Now, this is critical time because you just said, if you get out of that bed, daddy gonna spank you. If you don't spank, guess what? He's not gonna believe you anymore. So, a couple of smacks on the backside. Yes, it's true. It it does work. It's biblical. You just have to do it the right way. The board of correction to the seat of understanding, as you've heard, right? So, did that. Tears, right? Held him. Okay, now I told you, right? (laughs) I told you. Okay, I love you. All right, now, stay in this bed. Because if you get out of this bed, Light goes off, close the door, walking down the hallway, and I heard a strange noise behind me. (laughs) No, it's not you again. (laughs) Well, we went through the process about three times. (laughs) And then, pray tell, miracle of miracles, he stayed in his bed. See, he began to get the notion that daddy wasn't playing. And he stayed. And yet, in the discipline, I was also giving him comfort. Do you know that there's comfort in the reality that someone loves you enough to tell you the truth, to hold you accountable? Do you surround yourself with people who tell you what you want to hear or what you need to hear? Now, I look out at a bunch of faces who attend Living Truth Christian Fellowship 
And I think you're the kind of people who appreciate what you need to hear because you wouldn't be coming here if you only came here for what you want to hear because I never tell you what you want to hear, do I? In fact, I've heard some talk around the church that you'd like me to speed up the conclusion of 2 Samuel. How many of you have... There's an honest man. How long are we going to be in this book? It's a bummer. Is David ever going to get a break? Can't we go to Ephesians and talk about grace? No. (laughs) This is where we are. This is where we will stay. Anyway. In verse 15... Then Absalom and all the people. Sometimes when we're going through a trial, it seems like the world is against us. Now, not all the people were with Absalom, but he had a big group. He had won the hearts of the people of Israel. And sometimes when we're going through a trial, it feels like we, ha- we have no friends. Behold, an hour is coming and has already come for you to be scattered, Jesus says, John 16, 32 and 33, each to his own home to leave me alone. Yet I am not alone because the father is with me. These things I've spoken to you that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation, but take courage. I have overcome the world. Do you know that Jesus said that famous verse, John 16, 33, uh, In the world you'll have trouble. Be of good courage. I've overcome the world. Right after he said, you're all going to be scattered and leave me alone. Yet I am not alone. You know, Jesus was 100% human. So he did feel the betrayal. He did feel what Judas did to him, humanly speaking. It hurt. He did feel what Peter did to him by denying him three times. It hurt him, just like it hurts you. So when you go to your great high priest who's in heaven and you receive mercy and grace in time of need, know that he knows what it's like. He's experienced all of that. So he says, you're all going to leave me tonight. Yet I'm not alone. My father is not going to leave me. So here's what happens. You have Ahithophel who's jump ship. Absalom entering to Jerusalem. Ahithophel was with him. But who was with David? Well, a lot of people were loyal to David as we'll see a little bit more, but One thing was true, God was with him. God promises to the Christian in Hebrews 13, this is verses four and five, I will never leave you and I will never forsake you. Even when God is disciplining you, he hasn't left you. Even when God is allowing something hard in your life, for whatever the reasons are, he has not abandoned you. He's the best friend you will ever have. So don't run from him in trial. Now it came about, verse 16, when Hushai the archite, remember Hushai's name means quick. He, he kind of showed up when David was praying, as we saw last time. Hushai the archite was called David's friend. 
David's friend. He came to Absalom. Hushai said to Absalom, long live the king, long live the king. Now, if you go back to 1537, this is where the account reconnects. We have a little bit of information in 16, 1 through 14. Kind of some of this was happening simultaneously. But here's what it says. In 1537, it says, so Hushai, David's friend, came into the city and Absalom came into Jerusalem. Then we get a little bit more about David. We reconnect with 1537 in 1615. And twice, Hushai is called David's friend. I, I did a little homework on this, and I was trying to find out if there's anybody else in the Bible that was called David's friend. And the only other thing I could find was something about Hiram, king of Tyre, that had always been a friend of David. But nobody else that I could find and I didn't do an exhaustive, exhaustive search, but this, this seems to be the case. Nobody else I could find is called David's friend. You know, sometimes when someone's in a position of power and authority, we think they have everything that they need. But you know that some people at the top are the loneliest people in all the world. They don't have a lot of friends. Sometimes because they have few peers, they have few friends. So you may have a boss and you may think, uh, I could never share anything important with my boss or I could never tell this person anything important. No, everybody needs a friend. David needed a friend at this moment of his life more than perhaps anything other than God's presence. And he found a friend in Hushai. And Hushai Wanted to go with David, but David said, no, I've got another plan for you. I want you to go back to Jerusalem because I need a network of people who can tell me what's going on. And so David's friend was Hushai. James 2, 23 and 24 says, the scripture was fulfilled, which says, Abraham believed God and it was reckoned to him as righteousness. And he, Abraham, was called the friend of God. I think he's calling right now. <laughs> you see that a man is justified by works, at least to human beings, and not by faith alone. Abraham was called the friend of God. Do you know why? Because he trusted God, number one, and because he was willing to put action to that trust. He trusted God. Friendship is built on trust. If you have a good friend, and by the way, you don't have to have 10 best friends. If you have a small circle of good friends, count yourself blessed. Friendship is built on trust. And it goes two ways. And when Hushai in verse 16 says, long live the king, he's there before Absalom. He came to Absalom. Absalom had come into the city. David had departed from the city. There was heaviness. There was tears. And Hushai said to Absalom, long live the king. Long live the king. Did he say long live King Absalom? No. He just said long live the king. Which king do you think he was talking about? David. In fact, you're going to find out that Hushai the archite is very good at what we might call doublespeak. 
He was saying things to Absalom that made Absalom believe that he was talking about him. And the whole time he was talking about David. So Absalom is sitting there, you know, trying to usurp the throne of David. And he thinks that Hushai's jump ship as well. But Hushai hasn't. When he says, long live the king, he's actually saying, long live David. May God bless his life. He was David's friend. Friends are loyal, no matter what may be happening with power and position, friends are loyal. Abraham was called a friend of God. This is uh, talked about in Isaiah. So go over to Isaiah. You're gonna go to your right, pass up the Psalms and Proverbs, Isaiah 41. I wanna show you where this comes from. The book of James picks this up in James two, but it actually comes from Isaiah 41. Isaiah 41, and here's what it says. You might be wondering about this idea, a friend of God. Check it out. This is Isaiah 41, verse 8. Isaiah 41, 8. But you, Israel, my servant, 41, 8, Jacob, whom I have chosen, descendant of Abraham, the nation of Israel came from Abram or Abraham, Descendant of Abraham, what's God call him? My friend. You whom I have taken from the ends of the earth and called from its remotest parts, said to you, you are my servant. I have chosen you and not rejected you. Do not fear, for I am with you. Do not anxiously look about you, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. Surely I will help you. Surely I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. You descend from Abraham. He was my friend. And you are the ones that I've chosen as my friends as well. See the word friend there? In many other places, it's re'e. It's a word that can mean companion or friend like we would define it. But here, the word friend is actually the Hebrew word ahav. Let me spell, you for, spell it for you. It's A-H-A-V, ahav, ahav. The word for friend here is the Hebrew word for love. So here's how you could render it. Descendant of Abraham, my love. Friendship is about love. Thanks for listening to Walk in Truth. This is Pastor Michael Lance. I'm the senior pastor of Living Truth Christian Fellowship in the city of Corona. Hey, I want to tell you something that's exciting happening here at the church. We have a college that we've started. We offer a two-year diploma in Christian apologetics and theology. We have two exciting classes coming up with great instructors. It's Hidden Riches of Church History from the Resurrection to the Reformation. And we have a class on Christian philosophy. How do we know what truth is? We're going to look at epistemology and some other subjects like that. Are you a working adult? Have you just graduated from high school and looking to go deeper in your faith? The tuition is very low and the instruction is excellent. And the classes start in July. Are you interested? Do you want to go deeper in your faith? Do you want to be more equipped to give answers for the hope that you have in the public square? Well, check it out today. It's thetruthacademy.com, thetruthacademy.com. Sign up today, find out all the information and get equipped. God bless you. Thanks for listening to Walk in Truth. Pastor Michael would love to hear from you. You can write him when you visit walkintruth.com.